When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to Mass Live's Ion Foxborough podcast. I'm Karen Garigian, and today, former Patriots Super Bowl champion Shane Vereen, who is currently a Pac-12 analyst and Sirius XM NFL host, joins me. Hi, Shane. Hey, Karen. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You're going to be a popular guest because of all your knowledge of the Pac-12, but... Uh, <laughs> I want to get to the Patriots first. How stunning is it for you to see them at two and seven? Very, uh, very, yeah. very stunning. Um, uh, you know, I, I figured that, you know, bringing Billy Owen would change things offensively. And I think it has. I, I just don't think that it has equated to wins or enough big explosive plays on the offensive side. I, I think as the season started, you know, they, they, it, I think they started with 0-2 or 0-3. Um, but I, I wasn't really worried at that point um, because slow starts happens and and there's it's nothing really to freak out about. Um, but now, you know, halfway through the season and, and they're staring down the barrel of 2-7, and seven, that is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, in, in my four years in New England, we never started off the season on like super hot. But as the season progressed, we each week we got better and better and hotter and hotter. Um, and then I thought we always played our best football in December, which is the goal. You want to be playing your best football throughout the month of December um, because that kind of kickstarts you into the playoffs. So I'm just as shocked as the next person. Um, and it's it's tough to really get a grasp on it as to what exactly is the reason, but it just doesn't feel right, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know that for many years, you know, Bill Belichick's formula was, you know, you're building toward kind of peaking at the end Mm -hmm. of the season. So you'll be kind of in peak form for the playoffs. And, you know, obviously, like you said, they started slow, but it, you know, they had the one really good game against Buffalo, but Mm -hmm you know, the, the pattern is more than that. They're not good and they're struggling offensively to put up points. Um, yeah. I think most people thought Bill O'Brien coming in would solve a lot of problems, but it really hasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me is, is the home losses 
Mm. Um, that that's been like the record is one thing, but the home losses have been um, kind of surprising to me because that's usually where we played our best football. Um, and that's where, you know, you're at home, you're in your normal routine and, and, uh, you know, like that, that's a, that should be a comfortable game and no matter who's coming into play, um, that, so the home, let me think one, two, uh, three, yeah, four home losses, uh, through nine games is, it is kind of the, more the surprising stat to me. Yeah. It used to be a place that teams didn't like coming. Or- yeah. <laughs> come in and expect to lose mm-hmm. um you know and because of all that Shane um there's lots of speculating now on coach Belichick's job security you yeah. know what is Robert Kraft gonna do you know does another loss put it over the edge does he wait till the end of the season is it kind of I don't know if sad's the right word but is it kind of sad that Someone as decorated as Coach Belichick has hit this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is sad uh, because it, it's not the end, but it feels like it, it's coming to like an end of an era um, and a long era. Um, and you know, I don't. I the, the thing is with with football, whether you retire or whether you as a coach, you either retire or you get fired. That's the only two ways you you exit coaching, um, and. You know, it's you don't want to you don't want to leave um, on a down on a down, especially if you're as decorated as Coach Belichick is and as respected and revered as Coach Belichick is. So like that part is, is kind of sad in a sense. Um, it doesn't for me, it doesn't take away anything from what he has accomplished and what he has done and what he did for me and, and how he helped the teams that I was on at all. It, I, it's, it's two completely different thoughts in my head. Um, but it is, it is a little sad, a little disheartening, um, just to see, you know, the performances week after week, um, for such a, you know, historic head coach. I think watching over the years and, you know, I go way back, (laughs) um, I, I mean, coach Belichick, he's evolved with certain things, but I don't think he's quite evolved with other things. You know, he's also the GM and it almost seems to me like he still is in that place where, you know, defense wins Mm -hmm. and, you know, the game has evolved. It's an offensive league now. I mean, it's a premium on quarterbacks, receivers, backs, so on and so forth. And I think he just hasn't tipped the scales in that direction. Do you, do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, like I don't know how to put this eloquently, except like they don't, there's nobody on the offense this season and last season that has really popped to me. That has really like been a guy um, that you can depend on to make a big play. Maybe it's a 60 yard touchdown. Maybe it's a 20 yard first down, a guy that you can go to and granted now I'm comparing it to the teams that I was on. So we had Gronk and Jules and Dola, uh, but like playmakers. Um, and that's the biggest thing on the offensive side that, that I'm seeing, especially from the receiver position. I think Ramadre Stevenson is doing a, as good of a job as, as he possibly can. Uh, but there's not like, I, I don't feel like, when you when you game plan for the Patriots, right? It was a when I was playing, there was a multitude of guys you had to kind of prep for and change defenses for. I can't say that this this roster 
the last couple of seasons, there's been like a player where it's like, okay, we have to make sure we know where he is at all times. We have to make sure that when they line up in this, when they bring this, this personnel package in that we adjust this and, and, and cater to that um, because there hasn't been a player that's really emerged as like the go-to. And, um, and I think that that's a big issue because when you, when you, when you have a go-to that frees up the other receivers, because the other receivers will now be in one-on-one situations. And they, if you win one-on-one, you know, it's usually a big play. So I haven't seen that type of player specifically in the receiver or tight end room that has emerged as like the guy. Um, and that's kind of the biggest, the, look at the big, the best offenses in the league. They have that one guy or maybe multi, multiple More. guys that it's like, yeah, you have to prep for this. You have to change your defense to cater to a Tyreek kill. You have to change your defense for a Keenan Allen. So it, it's, it's like that one guy that kind of, yeah, he's going to get his, but also because when he is double covered, there's somebody else that's open. And now you got to prep for that guy. Cause now this guy's having a good season. Oh, don't forget the backs. You got to stop the run. You can't have a, you can't have a light box cause they're going to run it. If you have a heavy box, they're going to throw it. So there, I just don't see that there's that one player that's really making defenses change what they do um, to prep for the Patriots. And if you're the quarterback, it's like having one hand tied behind your back, right? When you, yeah. don't, when you don't have that guy or, or you don't have anyone that defenses fear mm-hmm. or, you know, need to double to take attention away from it, something else. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Mac has struggled for a number of reasons, but I think that's one of them. Do you agree? I, I agree. And also, when when you have that guy, let, let's say it was Gronk or let's say it was Do- or um, Jules Edelman, um, because the defense has to adjust to that player, they tip their hand as to what defense they're running. They tip their hand as to where the blitz is coming from. They tip their hand as to where the what the coverage is going to be pre snap. But if you don't have that guy that's forcing a certain rotation or forcing a certain alignment from the defense, it's really really difficult against good defenses. Um, to decipher exactly what they're doing coverage wise, what they're doing blitz wise, um, because they're disguising everything so well. And I, I you know, and so like it, it, there's a multitude of reasons. Um, but I think for Mac, a having multiple offensive coordinators is tough for anybody, um, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, B not having that go to, they call it security blanket. Um, and, and see, you know, what I just explained, it's really difficult to decipher what the defense is doing if they don't have to adjust to a certain player or a certain scheme that you're running on the offense. One other element uh, during your time, during all of their runs and Super Bowl championships uh, was having a quote unquote third down back. Mm-hmm. For that, uh, for yeah. that, and you can't come from a long lineage, you know, yeah. whether it's Kevin Falk, uh, Danny Woodhead, yourself, yeah. uh, James White after. I mean, there was always always somebody who was that outlet. And I think whether you, you know, you're matching up with a linebacker because other people, you know, this the safeties are helping out with either Gronk or whoever else. Yeah. Has that role disappeared with the Patriots? Because, I mean, they have Ramondre and they have Zeke. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they 
it's like whoever's on the field is the third down guy. But maybe, you know, having that one guy for the quarterback has maybe hurt Mac too. I, I think so. Um, in a sense of, I, I think the biggest reason why a third down back is, has been effective in the, in the NFL and in, you know, in all levels of football um, is because it's a matchup problem for the defense, um, a linebacker versus a running back, depending on the running back, if it's a quicker, uh, shiftier back, faster back like myself, then that was a mass, that was a mismatch. And, and typically we would have the upper hand. Um, and so, you know, if it breaks down deep or wherever the first read is, you know, it, more likely than not, I have a mismatch with my running back out of the backfield. And it, I mean, that, that could be third and seven, that could be third and three. Um, regardless, you know that if it's not there right away, I can get the ball out. And at least we have a chance to pick up the first down and stay on the field. At least it's going to be a completion of whether the back breaks the tackle and picks up the first down or not. At least we got a shot. And that the matchup, because it, it, you can take away all the schemes of football. There's so many. And at the end of the day, in my mind, it boils down to can you win your one on one matchup? And the more players that you can have on the offensive side of the ball that can win one on one, the better the offense is, the better the offense can pick up their downs and just stay on the field. So much of offense is reps and staying on the field and getting into that rhythm and that flow of the game, um, because then you're not thinking as much and you're just playing. You're just playing fast, not thinking and just moving the chains. And before you know it, there's a big play and a touchdown. So. So from so I, I think that's the biggest weapon of a third down back is being that that mismatch, um, you know, and then if you start to get defenses to take a linebacker out and cover you with a with a safety. Now, you know, you have the defense's attention. Now, you know, that that it doesn't mean that it's not a mismatch anymore, but you know that they at least are adjusting and respecting that threat um, at, at the same time. So. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen that role really be prominent in the offense over the last couple of seasons. Um, and, and I think, I, you know, I think it, it would behoove them to get back to that if they can. Yeah. I mean, you, you caught 11 passes in a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> yeah. Seahawks. Uh, you know, James White in the, those Super Bowls, again, if, if something's not working with the receivers or the tight ends, there's always you, right? Right, right, right. Um, exactly. Do you think perhaps, I mean, I, I almost think though, looking at it league wide, I don't see as many of those designated third down backs. And maybe be, that's because, again, this is me guessing, offenses are run differently now. Like you don't run automatically on first and second down. I mean, you can, it's, mm -hmm. it's a passing league. So you're passing all the time. Yeah. So, it kind of takes the nuance away. Uh, agree mm -hmm. or disagree? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's definitely shifted more to a pass first um, offense. I mean, it, it, when I was playing, I still believe it was pass first, but it was like slightly pass first. Now it's like we're passing the football. Um, and if we have to, then we'll run. So I think the mentality, not necessarily the makeup, but the mentality of the offense has has definitely changed. And the personnels have, have definitely changed. I mean, if you have three great receivers, um, then you might not need a third down back. Um, mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it, it kind of just depends on on the makeup of the offense on the team. Um, but it, it is it is sad. But I do love to watch running backs catch the ball still. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, Ramondre and Zeke are, are similar, ha have a similar profile, and they both can catch the ball yeah. coming out of the backfield. But again, 
neither one of them is the designated guy like you yeah. were, you know, yeah. you were the guy. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely think that's changed, but also like backs, I, I like, like a Christian McCaffrey, he's a, he's a back that can run on first and second, but then also can shake a defender on third down in a pass route. So I, as much as like the third down back is, not as a quote unquote, like used as much, but at the same time, I think running backs coming into the league, like a Bijan Robinson running backs coming into the league are more equipped to do everything. Um, so I, I think it's kind of like a give and take in that sense. It's like the third down back is the every down back kind right. of, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the team is headed to Germany uh, this weekend uh, to take on the Colts. Uh, I know, was it 2012 that you guys yeah. went to London yep. and play the Rams? Uh, what's that experience like? How different is it for you? How is it disruptive? Is it cool? Is it good? What, what, yeah. what is it like to kind of travel abroad with your, with your football team and play a game? Yeah. I loved it. I, I had a good time. Um, I had never been to London or Europe in general, so I enjoyed it from that sense. Yeah. It's a little change your schedule. Um, I believe we practiced Wednesday and then took a red eye Wednesday night, got there Thursday, um, did a little walkthrough at Hyde Park on Thursday or Friday, something like that. Maybe we flew out Thursday and then we were there Friday through Monday. But um, yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, it was a nice little change from the norm uh, because everything during the season, especially at this point, everything is so repetitive. So it's a nice little little break. Um, obviously your routine is changed up a little bit, but not to the point to where it's, it's too much to handle. Um, and I, I really liked it. I mean, winning also makes the trip a little bit more fun. I'm not going to lie to you. And we played really well, um, uh, that week. So, um, I enjoyed it. I, I, you know, I, I looked forward to it. Um, I went with the giants as well, and that was a fun trip too. So, um, I, I think I like it. I've, I've always been a fan of it. Kind of cool to see how, that you actually have fans and in the in these. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. I mean, I remember going to England too, and they had all these fan events, and there were like a ton of like fans in England who were big Patriot fans. And yeah. I hear it's the same thing in Germany. You know, mm -hmm. they have a whole legion of fans to their own. Yeah, the, the fun thing about it too. I remember when we were pulling up to the stadium for the game, and yeah, we there was Patriots jerseys, but then. There was a lot of fans just wearing like their favorite team or their favorite players jersey um, and the teams weren't necessarily playing in that game. But you could just tell that they were just football fans just excited to see a live game in their home country. Um, and so like it wasn't as loud. It wasn't as crazy. Um but at the same time, it was cool to see just a multitude of teams represented, a multitude of fans there um, that just wanted to, to enjoy the game and just enjoy like a live NFL game um, in their country. So I think from that standpoint, it, that, that kind of added a little bit more, you know, fun and, and meaning um, to why we were really out there. Well, let's uh, flip the switch back to the States. Um, you cover the Pac-12. And yeah. uh, right now, if the Patriots were to pick, they would have the number five pick in the draft. So nice. that could be quarterback territory, could mm -hmm. be receiver territory, could be offensive line territory. Yeah. Start with the quarterbacks. Um, I know you've probably seen Caleb Williams. <laughs> Just a couple times. <laughs> a few times. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bo Nix, Michael Penn, you know, yeah. Jer Sanders. I mean, 
tell me your impressions of each. Wow, they're phenomenal. Um, this has been the best year to date that I can think of in terms of talent at one position in our conference. Um, Caleb Williams is uh, is unbelievable. I, I think he's the best player in college football. Um, I know the wins and losses this year haven't been exactly what he wanted to be, but I don't think that's on him. Um, there's a couple things that he needs to tighten up in his game, but I think his arm strength, his athletic ability, his his toughness, and just the way his mentality is perfect. I, I think he is the best quarterback, the best, like I said, the best player in college football, even even where the the team stands right now. Uh, Michael Penix is a pure pocket passer. Um, I I. I would have to really think hard about a quarterback more accurate in the college level um, than Michael Penix. Now, granted, he has a great receiving core, but still his ball placements on on certain, especially on the deep passes, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. And when he's in rhythm and when he's able to drop back and get the ball out on, on that back foot on the third or fifth, maybe even the seventh step, it's it's magical and, it, and it's really fun to watch. Bo Nix is a, is a gamer. Yeah, he's just he's he's a gamer. Um, he's not going to wow you um, with his stats. He's not going to wow you, um, <clears throat> you know, with anything physically. But at the same time, he wins um, at the same time. He's going to get the, those tough yards because he can run, too. He's going to make sure the offense is in the right play. Um, he's a, he's I hate to use the term game manager because I think that that takes away from his ability, but he is as far as efficiency, as far as managing the game and as far as managing the offense, I think he's the best um, in our conference at doing that. Um, and that's why his team is is where it's at um, and, and been so successful since he stepped foot on campus and Shador. Um, I put Shador's throwing ability really, really surprised me. I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, you know, I, I did. I honestly had no idea. And but to watch him week at week in, week out. And one thing you I have you have to understand his offensive line gets him beat up, beat up like he's taking monster hits week in and week out. And he picks himself up and he goes back and does it again. So his toughness is unmatched and you cannot question that. Um, and when he is in rhythm and when he is, when the offense is clicking like it was early this season, um, he's, he's a very good quarterback. So it, it's been a pleasure to be able to, to watch all four of them because they're all different in their own way. Um, but they're all going to be, in my opinion, successful quarterbacks at the next level to, in some extent, to some extent. Let me put you on the spot here. Uh, if, if the Patriots aren't in the top five or actually even move up, do you think, they should take a quarterback in this draft. I mean, Max in his third year yeah. uh, will be in his fourth year next year. But do you think, given how things have played out in Foxborough mm -hmm. with Mac, would you, are these quarterbacks the type that you would, if you're sitting there in the top five or the top two, you would take one of them? Um, I, I was thinking about this. I figured you were going to ask me this. Um, uh, I actually, if if you have, if you're the Patriots with the five pick, I would take Roma Dunze, who's a, who's receiver. a receiver, the receiver yes. for the Huskies. He is phenomenal. Um, you can, he's arguably the best receiver in college football. <clears throat> I know Marvin Harrison Jr. He's, he's fantastic as well, but I, I've watched more Rome than I have, um, Harrison Jr. And I think, 
Roma Dunze can is a game changer. He's a big playmaker. He runs great routes. He's always open. Um, and I think that that's that's the piece that we were talking about earlier with the Patriots offense. That's the piece I think that could help Mac. That's the piece that could help the entire offense. If you can get Romo Dunze and then maybe go uh, later in, in the, in the draft, get like, get a nice slot. Um, that's a mess. That's a mismatch that, that I think would definitely open things up. And that would give, in, in my opinion, that would give Mac a true shot, a true evaluation um, of who he is as a quarterback with some serious threats on the outside. Well, you, the Patriots haven't exactly had the best luck drafting quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, uh, Nikhil Harry, not happening. Yeah. Doesn't look like Tyquan Thornton is happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they'd be hesitant, uh, but yeah. I'm with you. I mean, you know, they could probably take another quarterback later, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I do think they also need to uh, a tackle <laughs> somewhere yes. in there. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone coming out of the Pac-12? I mean, I know the Penn State kid uh, and the Notre Dame kid, Joe Alt, are uh, yeah. up top. Is there anyone to keep an eye on from the Pac-12? Yeah, absolutely. Let me – oh, God, I'm losing his name. The left tackle for Arizona. Um, he is Jordan very, very – Yes. That? Yeah, hey. there we go. Hey, she's good. She's good. Also, um, uh, UW has has a couple of tackles. Um, I'm not sure if it's the left or the right, but both of them are are good tackles. Um, and you know, again, and the reason why I have them high is because you know against UW that you're that they're gonna throw the ball. So defenses are pinning their ears back, especially on the edge, and trying to attack and collapse the pocket. And they have been fantastic. Um, last, last year, Michael Penix was one of the least sacked quarterbacks um, in the country. This year, it hasn't it hasn't been as he hasn't been as clean, but he's but that offensive line is still uh, probably in the top ten. Um, Bo Nix has stayed on his feet for a lot, but I think that's because they run the ball so much. Um, so I, I would say the tackles for UW and then the left tackle for Arizona are at the top of my list. Do you think it's important if you are drafting a quarterback, you know, given how things have transpired in the league to go for the guy who's mobile? And, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Defenses are too fast now. They're too athletic. They're too big, too strong, too fast. Um, and you know, if you're a pocket passer, which is fine, you just have to be, you just have to make sure that you get the ball out. Um, and that's becoming tougher and tougher as the emphasis on DBs has risen. Um, the emphasis on linebackers that are smaller that can cover. Um, so you need more time. You need to, you need to buy yourself more time because the defenses, um, are adjusting, I think, at a faster rate than the offenses are adjusting to the defense. And they're getting better and they're getting more athletic DBs. There's more DBs now in the league that were high school receivers or college receivers that then transition to the defensive side of the ball. And what you get with that is better body movement, um, quicker with their feet, but also they can they can catch. They have good hand-eye coordination at the point of attack. And and so you have so from the quarterback position, what that changes is you have to find ways to buy yourself time to allow your receivers to separate it and find a pocket to throw the ball in. And the more mobile you are the better I, I think that all happens. Um, so, 
like I said, you can be a pocket passer, but you better be so good at getting the ball out on time um, that if you are mobile, you want to get the ball out on time. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world because you can still buy some more time. In other words, you're looking for Lamar Jackson and <laughs> And, in a sense, I mean, and, it would help. And, and Cam Newton in his prime. <laughs> yeah, it, it would, I mean, it would help. I mean, but look, even Patrick Mahomes isn't the fastest or the most athletic guy on the field, but he's quick enough, fast enough to buy extra time. So it's not like you you have to, they have to be like super athletic like Lamar Jackson. They just have to be athletic enough to buy themselves a couple extra seconds to get the ball out. I know Caleb is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Bo Nix or Michael Penix. What? And I know Shadir is as well. Yeah. I, what's their mobility level? I would say um, after Caleb, it would be Bo Nix in terms of mobility. Um, but in terms of accuracy, you're going to go with Michael Penix. But Michael Penix isn't as mobile. He can run. He ran and was more mobile early in his career at the University of Indiana. However, those two seasons at Indiana, maybe it was three, those two seasons at Indiana um, ended in injury. He A couple ACL tears, a shoulder injury from being mobile. And so now he's trained himself to be more of a pocket presence. He can still evade the rush, but he likes to stay in the pocket and he's great at it. Um, you know, he can use his legs when he wants to. It's just, I, I, it's, it's almost like it's, it's, you're like forcing him to use his feet. Um, <clears throat> and, and Bo Nix can use his feet and he is a threat with his feet. Um, he's very mobile and Shador, he's not a top end speed guy, but he's quick enough and he's elusive enough to buy himself extra time. I will call him a mobile quarterback, um, but, and he'll take off and run when he, when he, when everything breaks down and he has the lane. So um, I think uh, Michael Penix can, if he needs to, but he doesn't use it as much as I would like to see, but in terms of all four of those quarterbacks, I think they're all mobile in their own right. You know, it's funny where, we're all going to be talking about quarterbacks. We're all going to be talking about wide receivers and Bill will take a defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Big guy on the line. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, just, he never does what you think, you know, right? right, <laughs> that's, right. Kind of, that's kind of how it goes with him. Uh, uh, but you know, it sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it hasn't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh it's fun, like you can't predict, but, you know, because of their record, we're definitely jumping into prospects earlier yeah. than, than usual. Uh, right, right. So be, uh, I'm sure you'll be interested to see how it all plays out. Will Coach Belichick still be there? Will he still be making picks? Will, you know, a whole yeah. mountain of things can change. So, mm. yeah. Um, but there's, I, still, there's still a lot of factors. They they play in Germany, then they have a bye week, you know, and then they have the Giants, Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets. So if they, you know, say they go win in Germany and then they win five or six of the last games that they have, we might be having a different conversation. There's still so much to, to change. And, um, you know, if there's any coach that has the longest and looses of leashes in terms of wins and losses. It, it's coach Belichick. Yeah, for sure. Well, Shane, this has been great. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Anytime. Uh, 
Maybe we can do it again down the road, maybe closer to the draft. How's that? Absolutely. Sounds good. Sounds good. Just let me know anytime. All right. Thank you. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.